Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli it is 6 o'clock Philadelphia it's also six in New Jersey and in Delaware, where where I hail from. It's Michael Pelka, the uh, relief pitcher here for the Zioli Army. Hello, how are you? I've missed you, boys. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. Where's my rosin bag? Clean off this mound. <laughs> hey, I'm, every good starter needs a closer, right? That's true. Although I came from an era where uh, there actually were seasons where pitchers finished 20 games and in fact the uh, Baltimore Orioles in one year when I was a youngster they had four 20 game winners on that team can you imagine so with like Jim Palmer and them Palmer was the fourth of the of the pitchers and I don't want to get into the sports thing because the Zioli army will go apoplectic (laughs) if they start hearing actual (laughs) credible sports discussions on this show yeah, I don't know. Congratulations to uh, the Phillies for getting through the wild card in in very clean and efficient fashion. As a Chicago White Sox fan and a Chicago Bears fan, my teams suck, Oof. and I have I have no hope for ever seeing playoffs in my lifetime. Well, Chicago kind of, plays tonight. Yes, Chicago loses tonight. That's how you say that. <laughs> the Bears will lose tonight. The Bears played the work. They played Denver last week and they were up 28 to 7 and they lost in the last minute. They're so close. At home. And yeah, they And Denver lost their starting running back in that game as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was part of the deal. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we'll still let you win, but you got to take out one of your good players. Anyway, <laughs> like I said, I don't want to get into the sports thing because you guys just screwed up the whole horror film thing terribly. It's only the fifth day of uh, October here. What did we miss? Or what did we Are screw up me? bigger? Yeah, what did we screw up? Well, everything. No, I'm kidding. It's just uh, horror films are such a subjective thing. They're so personal. I mean, th- nobody mentioned Carrie. Ooh. Oh, that is yeah. yeah. That was a bad omission. That last scene in Carrie, and I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to do what some of you were doing—the spoiler <laughs> stuff. That final scene in Carrie had people leaping from their seats. 
And it still gets me when I watch it to this day on television. And I think uh, you have to have a category for cheapest film with the biggest scary impact. And I know you did mention Blair Witch Project, which is probably the best on uh, cost per scare efficiency. But let's give props to the late George Romero, who gave us Night of the Living Dead. True. The original black and white film, which also had a social commentary on it at the very end. You know, how ironic was it that that the poor black guy made it through the night of the zombies only to be shot in the head by the sheriff's deputies who thought he was one of them. And, you know, like, oh, this is the time. But that that to to this day, if I come home at night, late at night and that movie's on, I have to watch it and I turn it on. I have to turn on every light in the house. And my wife will come downstairs and go, what's going on here? Every light. Well, I said, it's Night of the Living Dead. And I can't watch it until, I can't go to sleep until it's over. And then there, there is one more. And rarely sequels earn my respect. I know Rich has talked about how The Godfather 2 is better than the original Godfather. I agree with him on that. Uh, but I believe Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. And you really have to be a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre to know the, the nuances and the subtle differences. But two actually had a female DJ named Stretch, who has continued to be uh, horror film royalty to this day. Her name's Caroline Williams. So as a, as a fan, a, a fanboy of good, scary films. And did, can we make allowances for, um, uh, what was the film with Michael Douglas and Glenn Close where she boiled his bunny? Oh, um, oh, this is going to bother me so much. Um, fatal Attraction. Yeah, fatal yes, attraction. Fatal Attraction. Tell me that's not a horror film, but on a different level. <laughs> yeah. Psychological horror. That, that's a, that should be a category for films, because there were also psychological horror films like uh, Wait Until Dark. I've and, never and, heard of that one. Yeah, I don't know that one at all. Oh, you need to look some of these up. But there were also schlock horror films. That really, you know, don't don't even belong on the big screen TV, but they're good for a night where you just want mindless entertainment. And I'm sure the audience knows. And if you have a schlocky horror film as well, 855-839-1210. Uh, Rich mentioned the remake of The Blob, the one with, uh, isn't it a shame we have to call him Goldie Hawn's husband, Kurt Russell? <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't that who that is? Yeah. yeah. We're talking about okay. the uh, the thing. Oh, the thing. Yeah. Yes, the thing or the blob. No, the thing. Because we're talking. I thought about, it was the blob. No, because we we're talking about uh, the dog and the the great acting performance the dog gives in that. Uh, the dog stole everything. Yeah, but the I was thinking about the blob, which was shot in New Jersey. The scene at the movie theater in New Jersey. The blob had a, a number one hit song attached to it too. It was a, it, it, some meteorite from space lands in a farmer's field and he picks up the oozing gooey thing with a stick <laughs> and suddenly it eats his arm and then his whole body and every time it eats somebody it gets bigger and they end up then airlifting it. Uh, they freeze it with um, fire extinguishers from the high school. And yes, it's a spoiler. I don't care. But anyway. So horror films. This, what a, did you did you guys do the mystery movie today? We have not done a mystery movie in ages. We're prizeless. We have nothing to give away. 
You got all that merch. Come on, get Stocker to bust out <laughs> some of those merch. shirts. We have nothing. We, we have, have n- yeah. nothing. Zilch. No, you have no budget. That's what we have. That, yeah. All right, we got to work on that. But, you know, because I was thinking you would have done a Bond film because today was the first Bond film, like 61 years ago or something. Dr. No? Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, very good. Uh, George George Lazenby was the first Bond, but he wasn't the best Bond. No, George Lazenby was after Sean Connery, wasn't he? No, he was the first one, and uh, he said, I don't want to do this. I don't think this is going anywhere. I thought George Lazenby was in, was he in, on, on Her Majesty's Secret Service or something? That yeah, was he, the was, late he was the first Bond. I'm he was pretty the very sure he first was second. Game. Are you sure? I'm like 99% sure. Put it in the Google machine. I'm looking now. And we shall see. But anyway, we've had, we've had a, a, pr- a pretty big day in the world. Rich was talking about the news out of uh, England, where the prime minister, Rishi Sunak, Sunaki, Sunak, I don't want to sound like Joe Biden screwing this up. Uh, but uh, this for this cat to say that uh, a man is a man and a woman is a woman, he may get the, uh, the Mr. Rogers Award for that. Because I guess maybe he grew up, he's, he's a young guy, so maybe he did. Maybe he grew up with Mr. Rogers. Uh, you guys remember this? No. Yeah, you, you, is... yeah, well, you're too young to know Mr. Rogers. Your parents I know Mr. Mr. Rogers. I, yeah. yeah. I I it's a beautiful day show. in the neighborhood. I... Sure. Yeah. Sure. Can you say that? Neighborhood? Sure. Uh, Mr. Mr. Rogers uh, would be canceled today. For singing this. Boys are boys from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Girls are girls right from the start. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy. And so is mine. Can you imagine the outrage? <laughs> He'd be instantly canceled. And he did, he did follow that up with the... The second verse, of course. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can grow up and be the daddies. Yes, sir. He shoehorned a little bit of the lyrics in there. But he would definitely be out and thrown out of PBS at this point for saying stuff like that. Uh, Judge Deneen Pirro said something that was pretty remarkable today on The Five uh, a little bit earlier because they were talking about uh, Sunak, the uh, whoever that uh, prime minister, uh, saying that uh, saying uh, she was saying. Excuse me, I was getting a text message. I just suddenly got your text messages, messages, Henry. Right now, <laughs> it just came across my phone, so I know what's going on. Uh, that's great. Thanks for I know. It's like, hey, those. sign in on uh, Access 5 right now. Yeah, I'm that, was, that was sent at least 20 minutes ago. Well done, Verizon. Good job. <laughs> Glad we got that big package with you guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, Judge uh, Pirro, Ginny Pirro, who I think speaks great truth on a regular basis, came out and said, you know, if, um, if, you, if the gender you're born with if the you know genitalia you're born with can't decide your gender, then how does cutting it off decide your gender? I'm like, wow, okay, very good. Thank you for that. 
Um, we have we have um, a special guest coming up at the bottom of the hour here. We're going to talk with uh, my friend, who I haven't talked with in a long time, and I kind of feel guilty about it, Dinesh D'Souza, the guy who gave us uh, the film 2000 Mules. And he has kind of remade documentaries for conservatives and broken records for them. And he has a brand new documentary coming out called Police State. And if you are a fan of Dinesh's, if you saw 2000 Mules, you understand uh, he has a story to tell. And he's also fearless. He's also absolutely fearless because remember that they got Dinesh on an illegal campaign donation of $5,000. What you think about that as Sam Bankman Freed, SBF, gave $44 million to various candidates in the midterm elections. $44 million he handed out. He was second only to George Soros. And uh, we really haven't gotten him on anything. And that's because he's got a D after his name, or he supported predominantly Democrats. So uh, Dinesh got uh, convicted of a felony for a $5,000 donation that violated campaign finance laws. Now, he broke the law, and he paid the price. But that means everybody else who broke the law should pay the price as well. And uh, he's got a lot to say because this new film, it's, uh, it's coming out in an unusual manner. It's not like you're going to be able to go to your local Cineplex and, and see it in a multiplex theater. They have uh, purchased tickets in theaters all around the country. I think they bought like 140,000 seats in various theaters. And it's uh, the 23rd and the 25th of this month. And then there's a streaming version of it that will be shown on the 27th with some kind of discussions. But this is one that I would recommend you take your friends and you say, hey, let's go. Let's go watch this film on the 23rd or the 25th. And you just um, you just can purchase your tickets ahead of time. You can't do it through Fandango or any of that stuff. But if you go to policestatefilm.net, you can see it. And it's a combination of real-life stories and uh, the, the situation that we're facing with us being in the target. I don't know. If, did Rich talk about the Newsweek story about uh, Trump supporters being targeted? Yeah, he, uh, he discussed that, at, I think, at 5 o'clock. Okay. So that, that, that flows exactly in line with this. So, uh, but we'll have Dinesh here in about eh, probably about 20 minutes. And we'll get them in here and uh, talk about that. Uh, We also are are trying to keep an eye on a lot of stories that are out there that relate to the madness in in our current state. And uh, I I know we talked a little bit about meatball earlier, and I know everybody's been playing the meatball drop. Uh, I do think it's funny that meatball was encouraging people to steal from stores uh, because I guess she thought that was a way of leveling things out, of creating equity and making sure that everybody must eat and can eat. Uh, but sh- she's selling her T-shirts with her mugshot. So stealing stuff from the store is okay. But selling T-shirts is kind of contradictory. And I know, I know she's going to get a song one day. Everybody must eat! Yes! Yes. 
Yes, everybody must eat. What I think is uh, going to be more important is if there are actual sentences handed down to the 72 people who were involved in the looting and robbery. If there are actual sentences finally handed down, I know that there's now a new standard being applied to say if, well, maybe this is the, they've led a good life so far, but they, they just kind of lost their way that night and smashed the windows and stole all the booze from the state liquor store and then smashed up a bunch of iPhones because they realized they, they couldn't sell them. But there's one looter who I, I don't know, or maybe she's a commentator, uh, if she has come forward after the statement. But I think this is kind of at the core of what happened that night. The last thing people say is usually what they really mean. The last thing they say. I don't care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has clothes. That makes sure that that person can make some kind of money because this city obviously doesn't care about them. Not only that, that's reparations. There it is right there. That's how this is viewed among the community of looters. They're looking at this as uh, self-help reparations. And if you don't make a statement, if you don't stop it, it will continue. I've been chasing a story in Delaware, in Claymont, Delaware. Yes, Joe Biden's Claymont, Delaware, where Joey grew up after his family fled Scranton and dad got a job in Claymont. In Claymont, Delaware, there's a Wawa that I am probably in three times a week or more. Three times a week I'm in the store. And it's a, a pretty good sized, pretty good sized store. It's on the corner of Philadelphia Pike and Harvey Road, less than two miles off I-95. And last Sunday morning, I was in there before 7 a.m. And I was actually taking uh, photos of a bus, a Philadelphia Eagles bus, homemade by these three guys who go and they tailgate at all the home games. Just the nicest guys ever. They bought an old church bus and painted it up. There's a bar inside, and they got their own bathroom so they don't have to go to the, the porta-potties in the parking lot two miles away. They're not young guys. But I'm, I'm walking in the store, and somebody comes out and says, it was crazy in here last night. I'm like, wait, what? This little suburban Delaware Wawa just after midnight, was overrun by a massive gang of young people. Everybody's younger than me, so I can say that. And I tried to get answers. I talked to some of the employees that morning, and I was told, yeah, it was crazy in here. I asked, did anybody get hurt? No, nobody got hurt. We just, just kind of got out of the way. And they tore up the store. It didn't look torn up. It looked uh, in disarray. But it didn't look torn up. You know, there weren't empty shelves that looked reasonably stocked. But Sunday mornings, it's usually kind of skint, as they say. And then I, um, I called the Delaware State Police and tried to get some kind of information. And I got the runaround. And then I called on Monday, I called the Wawa home office. And I got the runaround. And I waited two days for people to respond and nobody responded. So I called again. And Wawa said, we'll get back to you. They did not. I went into the store and talked to the general manager, and I asked him, I said, hey, I was pretty crazy in here after midnight on Saturday. Everybody's okay? And he said to me, nothing happened Saturday night. 
I don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, that's strange because I have eyewitness reports, which I do. And I've talked to some of your, your employees. And he said, don't talk to my employees. I said, well, I say hi to them when I'm checking out. I, I ask, I just say, I hope everybody's okay. He goes, you're not allowed to talk to them. So I asked him, I said, well, can you confirm? Because I've called the home office and nobody will confirm. He goes, I have no comment, no comment. And none of my people will. So no comment. Uh, and today, this very morning at 6 a.m., I went back in to get my cup of tea in my newspaper. And I talked to the gentleman checking me out. And I said, hey, I hope everything's calmed down and everybody's okay. And he goes, I have no comment. And I'm like, wow, they really put the clamps down. And then about midday, I received an email from the head of the public information office on the Delaware State Police saying that police reports are not public information, which seems wrong to me, doesn't it? I mean, we should be able to have access to police reports. Just seems out of line. But she confirmed that uh, 10 minutes after midnight on Saturday night, a large gang of the Utes came into the store and the state police was called and cleared them out. And she was very, very certain to tell us that that was not a looting situation like we had seen in stores in other states. Gee, I wonder what other states she's talking about. And my, my statement to Wawa on this is, your customers care about your employees. We also care about our own safety. And maybe it'd be nice to be open with us. And protect your employees. Because if you just deny that it happened, it's probably going to happen again and again and again. I'll keep an eye on it and I'll follow up on the story and see if there's anything else to, uh, to come of that. We shall see. Uh, the other stories uh, that we're watching, of course, the economy should be front and center. And I know a lot of people are all caught up in the drama around the Speaker of the House and what's going to happen. And we're not even going to have any discussion of this until Wednesday of next week. And uh, I believe Rich made a prediction. Gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Rich predicted or was hoping that it would be Jim Jordan who will end up as the Speaker. He, I don't know if he made an official prediction, but he did say that he, yeah, he was kind of thinking it was going to be Jim Jordan. See, I like Jim Jordan. He is a pit bull, man. I would not want to face off against him in any situation. Uh, and I like Steve Scalise, but Scalise is fighting blood cancer in addition to the ongoing recovery from when that Bernie Sanders Democrat shot him and tried to kill him at the softball game a few years ago. So Scalise, great whip, great second in command, just having a hard time with life. And I think Jordan... I, I, while Jordan is an absolute pit bull, I'm, I'm advocating for and lighting candles and praying for Byron Donalds, the congressman from Florida. I've talked to him on several occasions. I find him to be a great young conservative guy came out of banking. So he understands business. He's all business. He brings the receipts every time he brings an argument to the fore. And the other thing that I think would absolutely blow the minds of the Democrats is a black Republican Speaker of the House. They would lose their mud if Byron Donalds ends up being Speaker of the House. And I think it would be a great move. 
That's just me. But we will, we'll have to see till next week. I think there's going to be a lot of wrangling. Now, uh, the other two moves that happened this week were Nancy Pelosi getting thrown out of her, uh, her secret office at the Capitol. Because all the senators, all the Congress people, they get offices and their offices are nice. If you've ever been to a senator or congressperson's office, they have uh, you walk in and depending on how long they've been there, because they're different size offices for seniority, et cetera. You have your your lobby and your receptionist, then your private office for the representative or senator. And then you have a, a place like a bullpen where the staff works. And then there's usually a conference room. And depending on how high up the food chain you are, that office is bigger and bigger. And in some cases, you, you get a private bathroom. AOC just asked for a half a million dollars in taxpayer money to build a bathroom in her office. Really? Is that really necessary for Alexandria Occasionally Coherent? But uh, Nancy Pelosi, as Speaker Emerita, was given this private office at the Capitol. The Speaker has a private office. Then there's another one that was there that I guess is kind of a favor. And we just learned that Steny Hoyer, uh, Nancy's number one henchman, also had a private office at the Capitol. And say what you will about the uh, Speaker Pro Tem. He dropped a hammer on Nancy Pelosi, changed the locks on the door while she was out of town. I mean, that's a gangster move. And he did the same to Steny Hoyer. He said, you got one day to move out. And one of the people who received the keys to Nancy Pelosi's office is Kevin McCarthy. So while they put him on a piece of ice and pushed him out into the ocean, McCarthy didn't get the uh, complete, complete destruction. He just got kind of isolated. He's at the nerd table in the cafeteria now, but he's got a private office. So they exactly totally castrate him. But we'll see. Uh, Speaking of AOC, um, it's always fun to take AOC and put her into the uh, artificial intelligence machine and see what comes up. So we took the speaker situation and we put the AOC voice into the artificial intelligence museum or machine. And this came up. And now we go to the floor of the house where the representative from New York is getting ready to speak. Chair recognizes Ms. Ocasio-Cortez for five seconds. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Why do we need a house speaker? Everyone already has headphones. Yes, they do. They do. The strange part of that is that that's one of those things that she might have said. (laughs) Remember, she was mystified by the garbage disposal when she first got to D.C. She had never seen one. And then they planted a little garden outside of the apartment in the community garden. And she talked about it and she said she was shook at the plants that were coming out of the ground. Vegetables. This is where we get food. You can actually grow food. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that she would say something that dumb. Just saying. All right, I'm stepping aside. When we get back, uh, my buddy Dinesh D'Souza is going to hang out with us, and we'll talk about his brand new film, Police State. And you want to check out the trailer, policestatefilm.net. It's Mike Opelka in for Rich Zioli on The Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. It is 6.31 on a Thursday evening. The Zioli Show with Opelka taking over the last hour of the show. Rich is going to do some some good work with some people who gave money to charity. So I know it's hard to eat those steaks and drink that bourbon, Rich. So you're really taking one for the team. (laughs) <laughs> we all appreciate it. Matt, does he bring you guys a doggy bag the next day? <laughs> That's a great point. No, we didn't get anything last time. Wow. Maybe he's listening on the way. <laughs> Rich, if you're listening, bring me a lobster tail. Something. A little something, you know, for the effort. <laughs> Come on, llama. Anyway, uh, we have, uh, we're waiting on uh, Dinesh D'Souza to get here. He'll be in just a second. I was talking to the boys about uh, Rumorville. Because we seem to be getting into Rumorville these days. Uh, yesterday on uh, social media, there was a rumor, a buzz, saying that John Fetterman, Fetter Monster, Fetter Person, whatever you want to call him, Lurch, was uh, going to resign before Christmas and that the governor would appoint his wife to that seat, which is what we all talked about from the very beginning. All they wanted to do was get past the point at which they would have to have another election. Well, we're past that. So we don't know, but Fetterman seems to be coherent lately. Then the uh, pre-government shutdown time when he was in the hallway and they said, hey, the Republicans want to shut down the government. And he immediately reacted and went, ooh, don't shut down the government. And he mocked it. But there was no delay in his processing of the information, which is what we've been told, that he has to have his little machine that hears what you're asking or what you're saying and then prints it on a screen and then he can react. He didn't have that. That was a hallway, basement hallway conversation in the Capitol. Hmm. Could we be having the Fetterman wool pulled over our eyes? Maybe. But I do agree with him on one thing. One thing and one thing only. I agree with John Fetterman on this. And let me say, I hope many of our colleagues agree the Chinese government and other U.S. adversaries should own zero, zero agricultural land in our country. I- yes, except for the pronunciation of adversary. I agree with him 100% on that. Uh, I see Dinesh D'Souza is on hold. Dinesh D'Souza is someone you probably know his work. If you saw 2,000 Mules, he also had a great film on Hillary. He has been a guy who's, who came to this country as an immigrant, Years ago, born in India, a bazillion, not that long ago. He's, uh, he's still a young man. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, boundless energy, and he is fighting for America every single day. And as I said, if you saw 2,000 Mules, you know what I'm talking about. I haven't had a chance to talk to my friend in a long, long time, and I kind of feel guilty about it, Dinesh. So I'm, I'm glad you're here. How are you, Dinesh? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you. And um, it's been a while, like you say, so it's good to be talking again. Yeah, I I'm, I'm feel like when I'm watching any of your product, I feel like I have you sitting right next to me. 
talking to me about about your work and your process. And when when the Conservative Caucus of Delaware had a private screening of 2000 mules, we had capacity. It, it was just so great to see everybody showed up for that one. More people than showed up for the cocktail hours, Dinesh. So bravo on uh, on uh, 2000 mules and also bravo because it ticked off the left endlessly. Uh, and I, I hope we have learned a lesson. But let's talk about Police State. Tell me about this film and, and how it came to be. Well, it came to be because there are so many things happening in our society that I tried to step back and make sense of them by putting them into a single big picture or broad narrative. And I realized that we have become the unfree societies that we have been deploring around the world for really half a century. Uh, from the time I came to America, I thought of myself as now part of the free world. We have all these basic rights. And then look at all these other societies uh, from North Korea to China to the old Soviet Union. And, and they've got widespread surveillance and mass censorship. And they are one party states and they target dissidents and political opponents and they have political prisoners. And then it suddenly dawned on me, well, we have all of that here now. And so can we still, with a straight face, call ourselves a free society? We're part of the free world. It's becoming a sick joke. And so in this film, I take seriously the question, are we becoming a police state? Well, it, it kind of feels like we are. And it's not like we're inching towards it. It feels like we are making some very rapid moves towards a police state. When you read the story that came out on uh, Wednesday, I guess, in Newsweek magazine, where they talked about how the government, the DOJ, was weaponizing uh, against Donald Trump supporters. It kind of makes you wonder if we're not already in a police state. Is it fair to say we may be there in some areas? Yes, I think it's fair to say that we are not a full-fledged police state. Uh, well, think about it. If we were a full-fledged police state, I couldn't make this movie. They wouldn't allow it. They would come grab me before the movie was released and I uh, would be uh, not heard from again. So we are a police state in the making, under construction. But I think it's important to note that we've moved very swiftly in this direction. Uh, there, You can find some germs of the police state under Obama, the IRS targeting, for example, of Tea Party groups. My own case, which was 2013, uh, a trivial campaign finance violation that was treated as if I was, you know, an enemy of the state. But I never saw it at that time. I didn't realize that my case was a precursor, a prelude to what would happen to Carter Page, Papadopoulos, Michael Flynn, course, now Donald Trump. So we have seen an expansion, an escalation, um, a kind of naked brutality of the police state that I'm, I got to say, I'm very shocked to see in the United States. And I'm very shocked to see that there are many citizens who don't even see it. They're like the uh, antelope or the wildebeest that sees a movement in the trees, but thinks, oh, no, it's got to be the wind. It can't be a predator waiting to jump out of the trees onto my back. And well, if it is a predator, you know, guess what? I'm going to hope that they jump on someone else's back and not mine. So I can keep grazing placidly and not worry too much about what's going on around me. Yeah, it's really frightening. And that's a great analogy. We're talking with Dinesh D'Souza, known for so many things, but uh, you really have made filmmaking uh, an art form that that is reaching conservatives at new levels. And you've been doing it for a while. The new film Police State 
and you can find it at policestatefilm.net and you can see the trailer, which what I encourage you to do. I'm, I'm looking at the, some of the, uh, some of the clips in the trailer, Dinesh, and I see some of my friends like Cash Patel. I see Dan Bongino. I see you're also, uh, you have, um, uh, Rand Paul and, and of course Donald Trump in there. Is this a mixture of a, a fictional film and commentary by real people like Cash and Trump and Bongino? Well, there's nothing in the film that's strictly fictional, but we did ask the actor Nick Searcy to help us recreate some important scenes. So you have a guy, for example, um, in Philadelphia, in the Pennsylvania area, Mark Houck, who was raided by the FBI. Uh, fortunately, he has some of the body cam footage of the raid, but a lot of it he describes in clinical detail. So we hired some FBI experts. We recreated the raid at a level that you won't even believe uh, because I want people to uh, see, uh, not just to understand intellectually, but to feel emotionally and to visually recognize what does it mean to have the police state at your throat. So, so our recreated scenes, and they're clearly marked as such, distinguished from let's say, actual body cam footage or actual surveillance footage. Uh, the recreated scenes are intended to dramatize true events in clinical detail and with great precision and accuracy. Well, they scared me. And and we're familiar with Pastor Mark Houck and, and that entire story. And even though we know how it ended, just watching it unfold again gave me chills. Uh, it, it's It's very important. Now, this is a different way of distributing this film. You have done something unique here. Uh, you've got it. It's showing in theaters around the country, but on two nights, on the 23rd and the 25th of October. How do people get in here? Is it just uh, first come, first serve? So after COVID, I sort of had to reinvent a little bit the distribution strategy for my films. And I used a new strategy with 2000 Mules that worked really well. I'm replicating it here. So with 2000 Mules, we bought about 100,000 seats. Uh, we just bought out a bunch of theaters, bought every seat. And then we sold tickets on our website. And we're doing the same thing here, except we've bought out more seats. So we've bought out something like 140,000, 150,000 uh, seats in theaters around the country, hundreds of theaters, but the tickets are only available on our website. You can't buy them at Fandango or the theater. So what you do is you go to policestatefilm.net, type in your zip code, boom, it'll tell you all the theaters playing near you. Now, admittedly, there are some people who are going to say, well, my theater is 30 miles away or 60 miles away. And I say to that guy, well, guess what? On Friday, October 27th, we have a virtual premiere. It's out of this magnificent studio of Las in Las Vegas. We'll have live music. We'll play the entire film. There's a live Q&A conversation with me and Dan Bongino and all of that for the price of a movie ticket. So the tickets to everything, it's a one-stop shop. It's policestatefilm.net. And it works very well. And I was very happy to... Uh to find not just one theater, but there were five or six theaters within a very short drive of where I live. So it's available. And I, I live in Delaware. I'm not exactly in the conservative center of the country, but I would encourage people. This is an important story that you need to be aware of. This is a situation in our country that you need to monitor. And, you know, we're less than 400 days away from what is the most important election in our lifetime. And storytellers like Dinesh D'Souza, fearless storytellers, are very important to us. So you've got my support, Dinesh, and I hope that I can get a group of my buddies to go with me 
and we're gonna we're gonna go together the first night possible. I've already, like I said, I've already got my tickets for Christiana here in uh, Delaware, and go to the website policestatefilm.net and get the details. And you can also see the trailer. Dinesh, it is just great to hear from you, and I'm very excited about this film, my friend. Hey, always a pleasure. And there he goes. I, I'm I'm hopeful that this will make some noise. But, you know, you're not going to get distribution for a conservative film. It's just not going to happen. I got to take a break. If you haven't seen the story about the latest warning about Ozempic, I did some checking on that. And if you're taking Ozempic or if you know somebody who is, you're going to want to find out what my buddy Dr. Mike Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic has to say. We'll tie up loose ends here as well. It's Mike Opelka in for Rich Zioli on The Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to The Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Uh, there's nothing like a mindless record. The Boy from Baltimore. From the mid-80s, where music was equally mindless as most of the hip-hop is to me today. And didn't this become like a detergent commercial? I think it I did. wouldn't be surprised. It sounds like it's from a detergent commercial. I think somebody took this and said, you know, Tazen Boy. This is just absolutely stupid music. It's Michael Pelkin. It for Rizzioli. Wrapping up the Zioli Show today. And... Uh, I made an offer today that I I have not gotten a response from the White House on this yet. Earlier today, I posted a a genuine offer that my wife and I, we live in Wilmington, Delaware. We are about six miles as the drone flies to the Biden compound where Joe had uh, his Corvette and secret documents, top secret documents that he shouldn't have been allowed to have. And that was the same address that Hunter got $270,000 in wire transfers from China. Uh, that, that's the address that was on the wire transfers. So six miles from there, and that's reportedly where Commander, the Secret Service chomping dog, is, has been rehoused, we think. We think. But we're dog lovers, and we have... Um, we have taken dogs in in the past. My wife and I helped a rescue group go down to the south and bring dogs up from kill shelters. And so we're dog people. We love dogs. We have the great Winnie the Poodle is our current pooch. And when I told my wife that I posted this on Twitter slash X, she goes, are you out of your mind? Winnie is six pounds. She'll be like a, a squeeze toy for that biting monster. And I said, well, they're not going to respond. Once the White House looks at my Twitter account, they're like, I've called the president oatmeal brain on the radio. But I did make the genuine offer that we would foster commander because I think I could work with him. I think dogs, um, you know, they react to their environment. If you're a fan of Caesar Milan, the guy really was the dog whisperer. He really could do anything with the most difficult dogs. And, and I, think, I think I could bring him around. And I would love the challenge. So if anybody from the White House or knows anybody in the White House is listening, uh, check me out. DM me if you understand what DM means. It's not anything dirty, Joe. Just so you know. Uh, 
Also, the topic of Ozempic was looking into the the weight loss drug, which was originally a diabetes drug, Ozempic, and there's a couple other ones that do similar similar things to people who are looking to lose weight, and they've been very successful. As a matter of fact, so successful, Sharon Osbourne has gone public saying she's lost all the weight she needs to lose, so she's getting off of it. And I think Ozempic is once a week injection, and you administer it to yourself. And yesterday there was a story that popped that said the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, had come out and said they were adding a new warning to uh, the Ozempic packaging, that there there's a problem with Ozempic, that, that they had to get cleared up. And I'm like, well, what could that be? So it reached out to our, our friend Dr. Mike Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic. I talk to him all the time about what's going on and health and all that stuff, but specifically wanted to ask him about the Ozempic thing. And he's the one who told me the staggering numbers of um, prescriptions that are written for Ozempic alone. 1%, over 1% of America is getting Ozempic. That's huge. Huge. They're getting 9 million prescriptions a quarter. For Ozempic, so that's th- over three million, three million a month. That's gigantic money. But I wanted to know about this uh, this warning because the warning dealt with um, it's a delicate subject for people who are getting ready to have dinner intestinal blockages. And I asked Doctor Royce to clarify it for me, and here's his answer. What happens is remember it slows transit in the intestine. So if it slows transit and you absorb water out of your intestinal content, that other stuff that you absorb the water from becomes cement. Now, I, I kind of understand what he's saying, but when you say the other content after your body absorbs the water, I get it. Continue, Dr. Roizen. Becomes cement? So one of the keys you've got to do is continue exercise because otherwise you'll lose more muscle than fat. And two is you got to keep drinking a lot of water or else you'll get the cement things in your intestine that literally form cement and don't move. Wow. (laughs) No, that's not a good thing. (laughs) Not at all. Well, well, does this mean we should all be buying Metamucil stock? (laughs) Oh, God, I have no idea. Um, but the uh, the key is to say, you know, drink a lot of water and uh, lift some weights. Yeah, and maybe have a salad every now and then. But this is, a, this is a remarkable drug. The other side of this is, if America could lose weight, and let's face it, we as a nation have a, have a weight problem. We as a country have an obesity problem, and it is a gigantic strain on our economy, not just on our own individual health. If we could lose collectively 5% of our body weight as a country, it would save this country over a trillion dollars a year in unnecessary medical costs. And it would make people healthier and happier in their lives. It's kind of amazing. 
they still I still don't think they have the full story on the Sozempic or they wouldn't be adding uh, additional warnings to the packaging. It's let's face it, it's really been about a year since we've seen this go mainstream. And the company that makes it is not an American company. The biggest company that makes it uh, is a I think they're from Norway. So they're raking in all the monies on this and they've already paid back what they had to do for research and development on it. But if you know somebody who's on it, just make sure they're going to be drinking water and keep lifting weights because apparently you lose more muscle than you lose fat with this Ozempic thing. Uh, uh, Stories to keep your eyes on tomorrow. Uh, Donald Trump is reportedly saying he's considering visiting Congress next week, visiting the House to discuss a temporary speakership. I still don't believe he's interested in it, but it's certainly a great way to stay in front of the cameras. And uh, Cory Booker is saying that uh, the Democrats will shut down the U.S. government if they don't get billions of dollars for Ukraine. Interesting that last week the mainstream media was absorbed with blaming the Republicans if there was going to be even the tiniest of shutdowns because they wanted to return to normalcy and fiscal responsibility. But Cory Booker, who's now uh, in in the catbird seat in New Jersey, if uh, if he's going to end up being the senior senator, should Menendez be forced to resign? Cory Booker is already threatening a government shutdown if we don't send more money to the unaccountable corruption state of Ukraine. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I do think we're at a pivot point, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're about to turn and go back to normal. I think the madness, and you witnessed it with the uh, prime minister from England, and now you're starting to hear more and more. By the way, I think it was the eighth, the eighth Circuit Court said uh, you, you don't have to be forced to use whatever pronouns somebody wants you to use. So every day we start creeping back and taking back the territory and getting to normal. And that's the idea. Less than 400 days away, we got to take care of business. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for keeping me on the rails. I, I think we're, are we getting close to the finish line here? Yeah, we're, we're just about there, yeah. Well, then let's wrap it up. Let's uh, stick a fork in it. I'll be uh, 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock to, on uh, Saturday night right here on PHT. So join me, 7 to 10, Saturday night. We'll have fun. We'll hang out. You'll laugh. You'll cry. It's a lot like life. It's Michael Pelka in for Rich Zioli on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.